Turn, if you will, to Habakkuk chapter 2. And while you're turning there, uh, I gave you two, what I called last, last Wednesday night, two, I called them legendary vision verses that I've preached from, that I've quoted a gazillion time. In my mind, they're legendary, uh, and I, I go to them quite often. Uh, but then I realized, man, I'm a, I'm a, maybe I should have been more uh, involved in, in preaching about vision because some of you looked at me kind of funny last Wednesday night when I asked if you knew what these two verses would be. The first one is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. It says, where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. Where there is no prophetic revelation, uh, the people, in fact, the, the kind of if you were going to amplify this, where there is no prophetic revelation, the people are unrestrained, ungoverned, and unguided, and as a result, they perish. You see, when you have no direction in life, you will wander off into, into uh, just any kind of thing. If you have no vision, and if you're not uh, uh, clear about God's purpose for your life, and in fact, we need clarity of vision. You know, driving your car blindfolded would be counterproductive for sure, right? Uh, and so we've got to get the blinders off. And last Sunday, we, uh, pardon me, last Wednesday, we talked about vision blinders and blind spots in our life. And, and so we just learned that there were some issues that we've got to deal with in our life if we want clarity of vision. The second verse was Habakkuk 2, 2. It says, write the vision, make it plain that he may run who reads it. We're going to take that verse apart tonight a little bit and kind of build build on it and just kind of let that these few verses speak to us concerning the vision of God for our life. Uh, and so, uh, and so uh, if you're in Habakkuk, I'm not there. Uh, let me see. Let me get there. Habakkuk. I had it marked, so I'm going to have to really redo because how many of you just do your morning Bible study in Habakkuk usually? You don't. You, it's kind of hard to find, you know, but hey, Habakkuk's awesome. Now, there we go. Habakkuk chapter 2. And as I said last Wednesday, we talked about uh, 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 visionary blind blinders. And I said this, vision is restricted or released based upon the attitudes of our heart. Last Wednesday, we looked at some attitudes of the heart that, uh, that uh, we've got to deal with. Because if our attitude's wrong, uh, the way we think, uh, then it determines how we look into the future and how we deal with the life in front of us. So it's important to get the blinders off so we can see clearly. And all God's people said, Amen. Are you in Habakkuk chapter 2? Here we go. Let's read it together. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. Everyone say rampart. That's really the tower. I want you to get a picture. Stop and get a picture of the city with the tower. It's very important to understand that. And, and Habakkuk said, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and Watch to see what he will say to me. I love that. We'll talk about it. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me. Now, pardon me, look up. This posture that Habakkuk took in verse 1 stirred a response from God. You know, you can position yourself in life where God will respond to you. You know, some things he doesn't respond to, but he responded to this. I will set myself, 
I will stand my watch, set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I'll answer when I'm corrected. Man, he was positioning himself rightly. And then the Lord answered me and said this. This is what the Lord said. Write the vision. Everybody say, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And everybody said amen. Now I'm going to read it all together. In fact, you can see, can you see those words up there? Let's all read it out loud together. You want to look up on the screen. Let's all read this together uh, and I'll, I'll not stop you and comment. Here we go. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Father, open our eyes to hear what you have, open our eyes to see what you have for us to see and our ears to hear what you have for us to hear. And Lord God, we thank you that the vision blinders and the blindfolds and the blind spots of life are being lifted off of us. Open our eyes and open our ears that we may see and hear what you have for us today. In Jesus name. And everybody said. Amen. I'm going to give you two statements about vision, two visionary statements kind of build upon this scripture right here. And, and so you'll you just kind of help you get some understanding. Here's the first one. The vision's completion demands our determined participation. When you look at Habakkuk here, he is certainly involved in the fruition, if you will, or the coming to pass of the vision of God. Look what he said. I will. Everyone say, I will. And then he said, I will answer. And I'm going to see what I will. In other words, I know that this vision requires my direct participation. I can't sit idly by. I can't just twiddle my thumbs. I can't just play fiddlesticks. I can't just sing ho-hum, the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing. I can't just, uh, 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 just meander through life in some kind of random haphazard way and expect Expect God's vision to come to pass in my life. I've got to participate. And we see that in Habakkuk. And we're going to kind of take it apart here. And so, uh, number two, the second visionary statement I want to make here about these verses. The hearing ear needs the seeing eye. The hearing ear needs the seeing eye. Look what he says in the, the middle of that verse one. I will watch to see what he will say to me. In other words, we've got to have all our senses. We've got to have our senses attuned to God's purpose and plan for our life. And so we see that in this verse, and I'm going to just take it apart for you. In fact, I'm going to break it down into three thoughts, uh, three visionary focal points that you can take into your life uh, and just begin to focus on for your future. 
uh, and the first one, I'll give them all to you though. We, uh, I don't want to throw Ike for a loop. The first one is clarity of the vision. The second we'll talk about in a minute is the commitment to the vision. Uh, and then the third one is the completion of the vision. Uh, and so, so that's where we're going. But I want to talk to you about clarity of the vision and how you, how we see, uh, Habakkuk set himself up where, where God could clearly, his attitude and his response was so, uh, so, uh, uh, blessed. God was so blessed by his posture and his desire to hear the vision of God that when he set himself up in verse one, God said, Hey, let me just tell you what you need to do. You better get your pen and paper out uh, because it's about to cut loose in your life. Amen. I'm just going to declare, if we'll position ourselves rightly uh, before God, if we'll kind of follow along here tonight and learn some things from Habakkuk, you better get your pen and paper out. You better get your laptop out. You better get your notes out. You better start typing it up because God has a plan and a purpose that he wants to reveal to all of us in our, in, in our life. Now, how many of you know life has seasons. You know, I just turned 60 this last few months ago. You know, I think I entered a new season. I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, from a kind of a sad spot, it's the last third of my life. I'm probably on the last third of my life. The first two thirds went by in a heartbeat. And so I want the latter years to be greater than the former years. And how many of you know we come to seasons in life and we need, we need to fine tune, if you will, and find fresh vision for our future. Now, let me, this is not in your notes. I just want to throw this out to you. Everyone say vision, vision. and mission. And mission. Say mission, mission and vision. There's a difference. Now, let me just say this to you. You, you can throw this. This is free. Mission, when it comes to a Christian, is static. It never changes. How many of you know we all have really the same mission? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission of the church is static. It never changes, okay? Uh, and, and so we got to stay on point. Everybody say, stay on point. You got to stay on point with the mission. And when you get the mission uh, understood, then God can begin to give vision. Now, mission is static. Vision changes and flexes and grows, especially in times. And, and here, here, mission is God's divine mandate. Vision is God's divine methodology. To accomplish the divine mandate. You get it? The mission never changes, but vision is, it, it, it'll change as you, as you come to a different season. New methodologies and ways and means to accomplish his kingdom purposes. They, that, that changes and flexes. So, so we've always got to be at a place like Habakkuk was where, where we were, where we are, uh, positioned to hear what he has for us to hear and to see what he has for us to see. Woo, that was free. So here we go. Clarity of vision. You remember Jesus when he healed uh, one blind man? He, he, was it when he spit in his eyes? I don't know. He, he did, you know, Jesus healed people different ways. He prayed for him once. Uh, and then he said, well, Tim, he said, well, I see men as trees walking. He, in other words, it, it didn't quite take. He was in the, the miracle was in the middle of the prog, uh, you know, as progressive. So he prayed again. Uh, 
prayed again over him and he saw all things clearly. Uh, and so Jesus brought him clarity of vision, not just mediocre vision, but clarity of vision. And it's very clear here in Habakkuk, uh, that, uh, that Habakkuk number one wanted clarity of vision. Uh, he wanted to, and God wanted to give it to him. You know, he said, write it down. I'm, man, I'm going to make this thing clear. Uh, and so, and so let's think about that. I'm going to give you three thoughts about this thought, clarity of vision. Number one, clarity of vision, most of the time requires correction. I'm holding in my hand, my corrective lenses. How many of you have corrective lenses? Okay. Well, uh, how many of you got contacts on tonight? Man, I, I can't wear contacts. My eyes are shaped funny. But regardless, most of us from time to time, especially you say, well, I see great. Well, just get older and you get, you get something happens to you and your vision starts changing. Uh, and, and it requires correction. Now, notice what Habakkuk says right here. He seemed to know the correction was coming. And let me just tell you something. If you want clarity of vision, there will always be some correction. To bring clarity requires correction. Everyone say that. To bring clarity requires co- correction. If it's not clear, there's something that needs to be corrected. And so uh, Habakkuk here, he just, kn- listen, we think of correction. Well, oh, yeah, I, got a, he, I got corrected. Listen, God corrects those whom he loves. He disciplines those. He corrects those who he loves. And, and Habakkuk here, he just seemed to know it was coming. And listen, we need to understand that about vision. If you need clarity of vision, something needs to change. Something needs to be corrected in your life. And so uh, it requires correction. He seemed to know it was coming. He didn't say, I'm, he said, I'm going to set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer if I am corrected. It didn't say if. It said what? Somebody say when. So correction comes and God corrects us because he loves us and he wants to get us on track. And if you're one degree off, listen, uh, one day, one degree off is not too bad, but one month, one degree off, uh, gets you way out of bounds in a hurry. And so it, there's always, listen, there's always a recorrecting as you're traveling through life. There's an adjustment. There's a recorrecting. The clarity of vision requires, everyone say it, correction. It really does. And sometimes we look at correct, correction through the wrong lens. We think, well, you know, and, 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 and we've, we've got to embrace correction as something positive in our life rather than something negative. Some people look at correction through the lens of denial. Who, me? I don't have a problem. I'm okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's okay with me. I don't need, cha- I don't need correction. I'm okay. How many of you know the smeller's the feller? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way, but it just came out. Uh, and so sometimes we look at correction through the lens of denial. I don't need correcting. Don't be correcting me. I'm okay. You're okay. Sometimes we look at correction through the lens of defeat. We look at our life and go, man, I've, I can't do that. I'm messed up too bad. I can't. Uh, it's no re- don't try to, you can't fix this. I'm already defeated. This is over. I'm done. Listen, uh, God's not finished with us yet. Somebody say amen. And sometimes we look at correction through the wrong lens, not only of defeat, but of delusion. This is not a problem. 
Let me, you know, there's a delusion coming on people. I, I, I didn't even, couldn't even read the article. You see a lot on Facebook and it was an honest article about single people, uh, uh, and, and being, uh, it was basically endorsing Christian, Christian single people who chose not to get married. It was basically okay for them to have, uh, sexual relationships with people that are close to them. I'm just going, there's delusion going on in the world. Uh, people are deluded. This is not a problem. And, and man, I'm telling you, it just, it just blows my mind how far we go with things that, that clearly grieve God and in our lives and, and, but people, they want to God's purpose and plan, but they want it on their timetable and they want it their way. And so sometimes we look at correction through delusion, uh, through the lens of delusion and just say, well, that's not a problem. Everybody's doing it. And we need correction in our life. I'll never forget. I may have told you this, but hey, I've outlasted a lot of people. So you probably never heard this. When I was a kid, uh, gosh, uh, you remember, in, they st- do they still take uh, test your vision in school? I guess they do in the elementary ages, right? But I remember, you know, they start. The, there was a few things they did at school that was, oh man, it was the vaccinations. Remember that at school? Oh man, <laughs> some of you older people remember those scary vaccinations that clack clack like, oh, you know, things. That, but I remember getting my vision tested, uh, and and as a young boy, I had vision problems. Okay. But I didn't know it. How many of you know if you don't know you can't see, you think everybody sees the way you see? And before that happened, uh, my family were basically back row Baptists, uh, and Brother Milam Fields was our pastor, uh, and uh, he, was, he would be up front, of course, preaching, and I'd be on the back. And I'll never forget when I came to church for the first time with my corrective lenses, I looked up there, and, and this is what I just, I said, oh, that's what he looks like. I didn't know he did. I didn't know he wasn't fuzzy headed. I didn't. I just as a kid, as a you know second grader or whatever, I went. Ah, my pastor has a face. Ah, seriously, that was. And and all of a sudden, I realized I can see. Amen. So clarity of vision requires correction, corrective lenses. How will we answer when we are corrected? Well, if you're not postured for his correction, you may use one of these, one of these, uh, uh, you know, the lens of denial, the lens of defeat, or the lens of delusion, or something else you want to come up with that starts with a D. Whatever it is, hey, we need to yield to the correct. What's that? What am I going to say when he corrects me? I would suggest to you, well, thank you, Jesus, for this correction in my life, because I know correction is going to bring clarity. Everyone say correction brings clarity. Man, you can take that to bank, to the bank. And when you see people, listen, when you see people stumbling through life, Christian folks stumbling through life, and they're, and they're living life in a way that you know there needs to be some correction in their life, and somehow they're wanting direction from God, well, you need to correct some things and because correction brings clarity. Amen. And so clarity of vision requires correction. But number two, clarity of vision requires a new perspective. Now, this is huge. Because if you're sitting in the same old place doing the same old thing, how many of you know the definition of insanity doing the same old thing over and over and somehow expect a different result? 
it require clarity of vision requires a new perspective. Now, look, look here and, and, and see what he said uh, in verse 1. I will stand my watch. In other words, I'm, I'm not sitting down, I'm standing up. How many of you know from sitting down to standing up is, a, is, is, is another level of perspective? You know, some things sitting down you just can't see. But some things standing up, oh, huh, I can see better. So it's a, it's a new perspective. And then look, he just, he, it didn't, it didn't, wasn't good enough for him just to stand up. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set myself on the tower. I'm going up to another level. I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself, listen carefully. I'm putting myself in a position of even greater perspective. I know that where I'm at right now, I'm limited. How many of you know you should never, ever make life-altering, history-changing decisions in a low place in life? And if you're in a low place in life, don't pull the trigger on something you can't fix. I've seen this happen. Many times people get in a low place. Maybe it's, it's struggling and, and problems in the family. Maybe with husbands and wives and, and issues. You get in a low place. Life is bad. Things are going to, uh, you know, and you just, and, and, and in the, in the heat of the moment, you make some kind of decision or choice that, that changes history in your life and diverts you away from God's purpose and plan. Uh, what you need before you do anything is get out of the ditch, get out of the basement, Make your way, make your way to a high place. Did we talk about this Sunday? I think we did. I can't remember. But we need a higher perspective. Get out of that hole. Get up on a mountain somewhere. Get, get up on a tower. Stand up. Don't lay down. Don't fall down. Get up and begin to gain. Listen, you remember Habakkuk knew that if he's going to get vision, he has to cooperate and be a part of this thing. And I can't sit here in, in this wherever I am. I can't sit here in my comfort zone. I can't sit here in the same old, same old. I can't just sit here uh, uh, with my limited perspective. I, if I want clarity of vision, I got to get to a place where I can see better. Does that make sense to anybody here tonight? And all of a sudden, things began to change. You know, uh, Pastor Sonny years ago preached a message from peak to peak, from mountaintop to mountaintop, and, and, and you go through valleys. You eat through. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I just got a little mini rev from a friend of mine uh, on one of his posts. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are you're, you're with me. Your rod. He realized. Oh, what do you have to have to get a shadow? You got to have light. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because his light is with me. So we go through the valley times, but we get to that peak where we can get a better perspective about our future and about what's out there. And, God, and so we see Habakkuk, he knew, i got to get to a higher place where I can get greater perspective. And then number three, clarity of vision requires the proper position. we got to get in position. Listen, position is huge. Uh, man, 
I, I, there's so much here I can say, but look what he says right here. He says, I will stand my watch. In other words, uh, I have a responsibility here. I, I'm put, I'm getting myself in right position. You see, some people are out of position and, and they want clarity of vision. You got to get to, to the right position and you got to get yourself right. You know, how many of you know, this is old te- teaching, but uh, how many of you have some conditions that you'd like to change? Listen, condition, listen, you get in position and you can change condition. But in your condition, if you're out of position, you'll never change your condition. Get in right position. In fact, uh, gosh, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That get in position. Get right relationship with God. Get where you need to be. Get, get, get your life straight. And get where you belong. Get where you belong. Does that make sense? And clarity begins to come. He said, I'm going to stand my watch. You know, it's like a sentry guarding the wall. I'm standing, I'm guarding, I'm looking. I'm standing my watch. One who guards the wall. That's what he's talking about right here. That's the illustration he's making right here. And if you're out of place and if you're not in the right position, man, when enemy comes in or, or a wrong thought coming, you can't be out of position, man. It, one person, I, you know, I watched a little clip of Pearl Harbor the other night again. And gosh, whew. My wife, she started watching a little bit and the attack was going on. And she said, this is stressing me out. I gave her the remote control. Okay, all right. But you saw those Japanese planes flying over families having fun. You saw those Japanese people were, you know, uh, we were caught off guard. The sentry, in fact, you know, well, it's just a big story, but man, things could have been different had the sentry been in proper position. And if you're out of position, man, uh, not only is there not clarity of vision, but when you have cl- without a vision, what happens? People perish. And so clarity of vision is so important. And then number two, commitment to the vision. Not only clarity of the vision, but another focal point here that I see in Habakkuk is commitment to the vision. Now, Habakkuk was committed. He was all in. He wasn't half-baked about this thing. He was serious with God about his life and about the vision of God for his life. And so let me give you four thoughts that I see. He had a commitment to stand. Look what he did. It says, I I will stand my watch. I'm going to take ownership of my responsibility. And for us as a church family, we take ownership of our corporate responsibility. I'm standing with you. I'm standing beside you. We're, we're committed to this thing. I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, you know, positioning, you know, a lot of people position themselves to make an easy exit. If things don't go the way they think they need to go, you know, I'm, and, and, and we hedge our bets a little bit. But how many of you know, when it comes to vision, uh, you got to be committed to it and you take your stand. I'm st- Standing up, I'm I'm committed to this thing, uh, and and I I'm not just guarding my house as the sentry. I'm guarding the church house, and I'm standing in behalf of the vision of Church on the Rock North. I'm committed to this thing, and and, and you know what? When people don't catch the vision, and let me here here's another. I might pull this out next week. Let let me show you a triangle. You want to see a triangle? Everyone say commit to the vision. 
Okay? There's, that's one of the points. All right? You gotta commit to it. But you gotta, you got, there's gotta be, you gotta, you gotta, I'm trying to remember my old, my old triangle. It's a commit to it and a communicate it. But you, yeah, commit to it, then you can communicate it. But the first one is connect with it. I think something like that. You've got to connect with it, then you can commit to it. Okay, and then you can communicate it. And then those people communicate that you communicated to can connect to it and commit to it. And it, and, and you've got, there's got to be a commitment to the vision of God for your life and really a, uh, the vision of your church family. Uh, and so, hey, it's, it's a commitment to take your stand for the vision of God. And then number two, a commitment to stay. Because he said, I set myself. In other words, I, I'm all in. I'm sticking it out. I'm set myself. And that word set is a huge word. I'm, I'm, I'm positioning myself. I'm in. I'm not abandoning my post. I set myself. This is where I am. I kind of, I, I kind of think a lot of people never get set. They never get, they never connect with the vision. And so they're not committed to the vision and then, and they can't certainly communicate the vision. So they're just here, there and everywhere and, and wandering aimlessly. But there's got to be a come, come a place in your life about, about, about taking a stand and sticking it out and stay. I've got stability, the ability to stay. I don't jump and run at the first little spooky thing that comes along. I don't, you know, oh, I didn't like that. So I'm out of here, brother. You didn't say hello during greeting me. You offended me with what you said. Hey, it's the ability to stay. You listen. How many of you know the ability to stay is huge? Everybody can fetch. Fetch. <laughs> fetch. <laughs> How about this? Stay. No, but I, you trained me to fetch. No, I, no, you said stay, I'm staying. Are you with me? It's a, and he stuck it out. Habakkuk, he was committed to stand. He was committed to stay. And number three, he was committed to secure the vision. He was going to secure it. Uh, what did the, the Lord say to him? Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. I'm securing this thing. I'm not just maybe so, maybe not. Uh, listen, write it down. Rem because I'm going to tell you something, and, and most of us need to be writing more things down. I'm, I'm just, let me just say to you. Uh, and I'm not anti-electronics. I, I use my notes a lot. But listen, there's something about taking a piece of paper and a notepad and a pencil and a pen and writing it down, not typing it out, writing it down. 
and looking at it on paper, write it down because, because when God says something, listen, when God speaks something to you and you write it down and you use, man, God spoke to me, man, I'm just telling you, I, I've been there. You know, you, you two, three months down the right, down the road and it, and it tarried and you didn't think, you thought you heard the Lord and maybe I didn't hear the Lord and maybe I was just, you know, you know, too many enchiladas or I was just hoping against hope. I don't know what it was. Maybe I, may, you know, I don't know what it was, but maybe that really wasn't the Lord. And all of a sudden, look what happens. The vision gets lost. Write it down. Everybody say, write it down. I just want to encourage you, get some pen and paper out. I'm encouraging myself right here. And, and, and take notes and just, you can, tra- you, hey, you can transfer it. And, and you can, it can be electronic. You, man, with today's cloud, man, you can not, you, you don't have to lose anything. You used to, used to, man. You remember the days, the early days before the cloud and back. Oh gosh, my computer crashed. It's all gone. Did you know we have two or three old uh, computers in storage today because they crashed? And there was no backup. And my wife to this day will not let me throw those away because there's pictures on those computers. We're never going to see them. We're never going to get them back. But, but, but there's pictures there that would have been lost. So we're securing them. We move them from place to place. And I always hurt. You know, it'll cost you arm and leg. If you want to get in there and get that hard drive out, they're going, you know going to cost you. One day, maybe for my wife's anniversary uh, or something like that, I'll just go in there and, and spend whatever it takes and download those obscure memories that nobody knows what they are. We don't remember them, but uh, she would love that. Don't tell her I said that. It'll stir up. But hey, he was committed to secure it. I'm going to guard this vision. Listen, vision is valuable. Don't lose it. And then number three, Habakkuk was committed to not only stand and stay and to secure the vision, but number four, he's committed under the direction of God to share the vision. Listen, vision, listen, vision for your life is not just for your life. Think about it. When you go back to the mission, which is static, the vision for your life has, has, uh, other people in mind. And God will never give you a vision that doesn't help you fulfill His mission. And look what He says. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Let me stop and just throw this in about plain on tablets. Let me just say, God does not speak in hieroglyphics and unknown symbols and weird what did he mean? Kind of, how many of you know, when God speaks, there's clarity and simplicity. You don't have to ask God what he means. What did you mean by that? God doesn't talk between the lines. Let me just throw this out to you pastorally. You may need this in the future. Pastor Sam doesn't talk between the lines either. I'm not that smart. Sometimes I say what I think and it, I shouldn't. You ever do that? You know, there's people who think before they speak and then there's people who think while they speak and then there's some people who think after they speak and then there's some people who just don't think. They just speak. 
That's Robert Morris. But listen, uh, I don't talk between the lines. If, if, if I believe, if we're sitting down and, and we're talking about, you know, you're, you've come to me and I, and, and, and I, I want to get across to you that you need to wake up and read your Bible more. I'm not going to talk between the lines. I'm going to say, listen, what you need is a good dose of the Word of God every day. So I don't talk between the lines. Uh, and, and God doesn't either. And so he, it's, it's, he, make it plain on tablets that here, back to the share, that he may run who reads it. When people catch it, they catch it with you. Listen, sometimes the vision of God, listen, it takes other people to help the vision come to pass. And so people catch the vision and they can run with, that's, I think that's my third, catch, catch it, commit to it, communicate it. That's what it was, catch. I got it, it hit me. Uh, and so other people catch it and they'll go along with you. And, and listen, let me just say to you this, let me throw this out. If you want fresh vision for your life, hey, get, get plugged up in, in the vision of the local church because if you get plugged up in the vision of the local church, uh, your vision begins to be realized through that. Are you with me? Say amen. So there was a commitment to the vision. There was a clarity of vision and, and, and Nehemiah made a commitment to the vision. And then number three, uh, there was a completion of the vision. Now God had a promise here that there would be a completion or a fruition or a coming to pass of the vision. Uh, and so with that in mind, here's what I want you to catch today. Uh, you got to trust God's timing. Look what it says. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Everyone say appointed time. God has a timetable that is not our timetable. He has a plan. And in fact, time, time does not, you know, we look at life and we go, uh, come on already. I mean, how long does it take? You know, let me just say to you uh, about when I first came to pastor this church. And, and, and you know what? I just believed God brought us here. And I, I still believe God brought us here. But I had a vision, and I don't know how clear, I, I don't know how much of it was my desire or God's given me a picture. But listen, when we built this sanctuary here, it was because of vision for growth and expansion. Uh, in fact, we bought 500 chairs when we moved into this place. Why? Because we built a sanctuary that would fit 500 people. And how many, why would you build a sanctuary with 500 people and, and buy 200 chairs? It didn't match up. So our, we put our money where our mouth was and our vision. Uh, and, and you know what? And I had a plan by the time, you know, I certainly was, I'm the first 10 years, we're about to hit 20. My first 10 year uh, plan was, hey, that we start filling this thing up. I don't know. There's, I could tell you some what I think reasons why it hasn't happened. But I want to tell you this. You got to trust God's timing. Amen. God's time, I, I don't know, you know, we, you can't look at, hey, let me just say, you can't compare yourself with other people or other things and, and go, well, you know, so-and-so is doing this. He's got that going on. God does the most not can. No, you just trust God's timing because you, the last place you want to be, the last two places you want to be really is ahead of God or behind God. Are you with me? And he, it's an, there's an appointed time. God has a timetable. 
And he will complete what he, you know, he'll finish what he started. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. In fact, what did he, what God, he said, let's see, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, oh, I was going to quote a scripture, but it jumped in and jumped out of my head in a hurry. So we'll let it stay out for now. So there's an appointed time. And number two, uh, concerning the completion of vision, you got to trust God's word as truth. If God speaks, it's true. Look what he said. Look what he said. At the end, it will speak and it will not lie. God's word is true. It, it, it God's, hey, when God speaks to you something, it's true. It will not lie. God's not a liar. Everybody say, God's not a liar. Everybody say, God's not an Indian giver. God's not a tease. He's not going to tell you something and say, oh, I changed my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. God, God, hey, His Word is true and righteous altogether. you got to trust God's Word as truth in your life. Listen, in this world of, of insecurity and, and, and upheaval, listen, there's a place you build your life, and it's upon the truth of God's Word, uh, both written and spoken, but primarily written. What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? You build your life on the foundation of the Word of God, and, and, and when the storms come, uh, and they will, you'll be stable. But if if you don't build your life on the truths of God's Word, uh, the storms come and it will be as you built your house on the sand. And, and the storms will come and great will be the destruction. The completion of the vision. You've got to trust God's timing. You've got to trust God's truth. You know, there's some, there's some, there's question marks in our lives between point A and point B. Right? Question marks. That's where you trust God's Word and truth. That's what faith is all about. When God says something, He's got a timetable, but you can't say just because it didn't happen in your time. Well, I guess it wasn't true. I guess God was lying. I guess He, 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 He said it and then decided to change His mind, uh, you know, or whatever. I guess it's not for me, blah, blah, blah. And you go back to that, uh, you know, those, that stinking thinking again. Listen, you gotta trust God's word is true. There's some things about me and this church and our history in the last 20 years that I know are true. Here, let me tell you some things I know are true. I know God brought our family here. He spoke to us. He brought us here. That's God's truth. You can't, you, you couldn't talk me out of knowing that that was the will of God on any given Sunday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday. I know I didn't miss God. Our family's in the middle of the will of God for our life. Bless God. Hallelujah. I know those things are true. Let me tell you some other things I know about my life. I know God has called me to preach His Word. You can't get me off of that. My wife, you know, in some of our low times, Beverly said, well, maybe we should just resign or retire. Let me tell you something. I said, but you, you want, Beverly, let me just tell you something. You want to get an irritated husband, you get a guy who knows he's called to preach and don't give him a place to preach he will get mean, rude, crude, and sociably unfittable if he has no avenue of release for the Word of God in his life. I know God's called me to pray. There's some things I know 
<clears throat> you can't talk me out of that. Amen. Whew, there's some things I don't know. But there's some things I do know about God's direction for my life. I don't know why things haven't turned out the way I had hoped and planned and dreamed and envisioned. Uh, uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm a happy camper. I got five beautiful grandkids. Woo, man. I'm in the will of God. I moved out of the camper. God's in charge. Everybody say God's in charge. And let me just say about my house. Where I know, you know, when Beverly and I sold our house, she said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to trust God. I, I don't know where we're going. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But, but, but I'm not jumping out of one house and into the other. God has a plan. I don't know what it is. And I told my wife, there's some things we don't know that when we know them, we'll go, oh, that's what we didn't know. Now we know what we know, and now we know which way to go. But there's some things we don't know. So if you don't know, you don't go. And so here we go. We got the camper, and we're going to go to the camper and we'll wait for the direction of God. And things didn't turn out. And we'd look at houses, and we'd try to figure out how to flip and flop and, and, and how to, you know, buy this, buy that, you know. And then I got frustrated looking at houses. And then one day, uh, Beverly said, uh, you know, we looked at the house and she said, I just don't like this neighborhood. I said, we'll never pull into this neighborhood ever again and look at another house. It doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. If you don't like the neighborhood, we're going to love the neighborhood. And, and, and so if we just stay in this camper, uh, uh, hey, I know I'm in the will of God in the camper. I do. I know that we're in the will of God. And as a result, it didn't bother me. And then one day on our way home from somewhere, I, in my heart of hearts, all of a sudden I knew, okay, what we need to do is take this rent house back that we've been renting out for the past 20 years nearly and remodel it and move into it. And I told my wife that I said, here's what I believe we need to do. And she said, I believe that's God. And I said, my only problem is don't want to run my renters off. I went, I went home, typed up a letter of eviction, gave them six weeks uh, to be out by May 1st. I walked, knocked on the door and she said, I'm glad you're here. We will let you know we're going to be out by May 1st. Lord, After four years. You know what? I know I'm in the house I need to be. Everything, I, I know I'm where I need to be. You got to trust. Hey. You trust God's truth in your life. The question marks are always there. You, you don't build your life on the question marks. That's what faith is all about. I don't know what the... I, hey, to be honest, I don't know what the life's going to look like for me in 10 years or 20 years. I have a, I have a dream and I have a plan uh, and a hope. Uh, but God's in charge. Everybody say God's in charge. And the third thing. Concerning completion of the vision, you got to not only trust God's timing and God's truth, you got to trust God's tarrying. A little different thought here because he said, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Everybody say, wait for it. Ooh, it's hard to wait. Isn't it hard to wait? Beverly and I waited. We waited. It's hard to wait. Trust God's tarry. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. And when God tarries, if God wants to tarry, let Him tarry. Again, 
I think of Joshua. God was upset with the children of Israel. And Joshua and Moses had been praying. What do we do? What do we do? God says, you go on into the promised land, but I'm not going. <laughs> God said, I promised it to you. There it is. I, I'm not going to break a promise, but I'm not going with you. You're on your own. These children of Israel, they're on their own. Isaiah, pardon me, Isaiah. Uh, uh, Joshua and Moses began to pray, and, and, and uh, basically Joshua said, if you don't go, we don't go. We don't, and this is my little preaching. We don't want your presence with a T without your presence with a C-E. We don't want the benefit of the promised land without the presence of the one who gave us the promise. For whatever reason, God puts it in, in, in neutral or, or, or puts on the brakes. You stay right there. Wait for it. Wait for it. Well, how long do you wait? You got to trust God's timing. Oh, there's a lot of illustrations where people didn't wait on God. Scripture. You got to wait for it. You can't do it on your own. Everybody say you can't do it on your own. Finding fresh vision for your future. God has a plan. What's Proverbs? Uh, no, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. God will give you a vision. Requires clarity. Requires commitment. And it requires trusting Him to see it completed in your life. Amen.